Fearless Narrative is the podcast where we spotlight amazing female entrepreneurs and artists who are changing the world today. Enjoy the show. Hello, and welcome back to Fearless Narratives. I am your host, Cortland Jones, and today our guest is Catalina Escalon, a Colombian graphic designer and embroidery designer based in New York City. She's a visual communicator with a love affair with textiles. As a creative storyteller, Catalina helps organizations bring their stories to life and help them properly communicate with their audience. She's also the co-founder of Noodle, an idea incubator studio. Hi, Catalina, how are you? Hi, thank you. I'm very happy to be here. Can you tell us more about your, I guess, let's start from the really early days of you just being you and learning your talent and how you got involved in, you know, doing your your company and just using your amazing gifts to share with the world. Sure. So it might be a little bit like far back, but it, just to get a little bit of how I got here. Um, so my mom is an artist and an amazing seamstress. So I grew up with a sewing studio in my house. Um, and, uh, my mom always pushed us a lot to draw and like, just play around with materials. So I've always been great at just working with different materials and I've always loved it. So, um, I, when I was in college, I started, I'm a graphic designer and, um, I started to learn how to sew with my mom. So it's something we started doing together. It's something we still do together, which is a lot of fun. Um, and we, I started to get obsessed with the textiles and the textures and, um, that's how I got into wanting to work in textiles. And, um, I moved from Bogota, Colombia to New York for my master's. And while I was doing my master's, I interned in textile studios and I finally got the dream job I always wanted to work as a designer in a textile studio. Um, so I did that for many years. Um, and I really like it, but I am definitely like a bigger picture and I love to think of how the bigger picture of things. And although my job as a textile designer was something I really enjoyed, I felt I could explore more of that bigger picture kind of mindset. So, um, when the pandemic started, I got laid off, uh, very early in the pandemic and I knew I was not going to get hired anytime soon. And I always wanted to start my own business. So I kind of just started freelancing um, as a graphic designer and doing a lot of um, just like branding and supporting different clients. And I realized I wanted to focus more on the strategic part of branding and communication. So I brought in a partner who I met working in my first job in New York. Um, she's also Colombian. And uh, with Dani, we started Nudo Studio. And of course, like any business, it has evolved. Um, but what we do mostly is um, workshops. We do very interactive workshops. Uh, we've, we've been doing them a lot online, but it's just trying to get people ideas off the ground. And um, it has a bit of their fun activities. And depending on the goal of the workshop, we create different activities throughout. Some have like individual reflections. Some is brainstorming as a team. Some of the questions are kind of weird. It seems weird, but kind of getting out of the box to come back into the box, it helps you to get your ideas, like 
for example, if you ask people the direct question, what their brand is, is you usually get a lot of very, uh, like these words that everyone uses, but that doesn't tell you much. <laughs> but then if you think about your brand as a cocktail, um, you get to, and at the end of the day, it's not about that response, but how the person gets there. So, yes. and by understanding how people get there, you get more information and better ideas. And so we do these workshops to kind of get people ideas, um, to explore people ideas and for them to get creative. So that's what we do in our company. Um, and we are starting to do this workshop that's called uh, how to get your inner creativity. And it's mm-hmm. kind of like, like this of how, a lot of people say like, oh, I wish I could do what you do mm-hmm. or, um, and everyone can. Like my means of creativity is embroidery and textiles, but for every person is a very different thing. And it's just about like how you think of problems or solutions to a problem and that's creativity. So um, we, we're starting this workshop that helps people understand what creativity is and how they can create uh, that sounds repetitive, a creative <laughs> practice in their life. Um, so that's how I got into Nudo. And parallel to that, I started to embroider, which I never did before the pandemic. And I started to punch holes and photos and started to embroider. And that just got my creative practice off the ground. So I've been embroidering for the last two years, yeah. almost three now, actually. And I love it. I love it. So that's me. <laughs> <laughs> the, the executive summary of my business and my <laughs> creative work. I love that. I actually met you through um, Crystal Simmons, who actually had on the show mm-hmm. last week, no, about two weeks ago. And okay. she was bragging about how amazing your talent was and how um, oh it was, just, sorry, bragging isn't the word, praising you, I should say, praising you yeah. for your amazing talent. But I feel very flattered. Oh my God, like she like loved you. And I, I was just thinking like, oh, I have to talk to her. So I saw your embroidery work and it is incredible. And it like blows my mind because I'm like, how does she think of the idea to to punch holes in photos and embroider them? So like where, like how did she think to start doing that and like think it was going to be a really cool thing to try? And it came out so freaking well. Like it's insane. I love it. Um. So... It's very funny because it's a mix of many things. So I, when I was back in, in um, graphic design in my undergrad, I discovered Victoria Dijasana work. She's a Mexican embroidery, embroidery artist who intervenes yarn with photos. Uh, she does mostly portraits, but her work is beautiful. And back when she used to live in London, she used to do like a graffiti version of this. So she would take photos in embroider them with yarn and then just drop them all over the streets in London. Mm-hmm. So she was known by that way of using the medium, but she pretty much mixes embroidery with yarn. Um, so it was something in my mind. Actually, I found a journal back of when I was in an undergrad and I had a lot of her work and I kind of came back to it recently. Um, and that that's kind of what started this like oh I want to intervene some photos and I was with a like bored at home with a lot of time to kill and I had like old photos from my iPhone from travels and places I love in Colombia that I was missing terribly so I just printed that and then there was one book 
uh, that also made this spark a little bit. And it's, uh, it's a book about hand sewing and it's from uh, Channing, uh, which they do a lot of very cool, they have a lot of uh, different cool workshops and books. And the book comes with a plastic um, template using the grids because they teach how to embroider based on grids. Mm -hmm. So when I saw those grids, I was like, oh my God, I can use this to punch holes in photos. It was like, just like that. Oh and God. that's kind of how it started. I know. That's um, amazing. Yeah. And so I, I do workshops. I teach people how to uh, go about this technique and how I go about it, um, my process a little bit. But that's how I started to embroider photos. And I recommend this book every time. Um, and and we can leave, if that's possible, the name and so people can, can get it. But it yes. is very cool. Um, it's the geometry of hand sewing. Um, and that, for me, was what started everything. And I started to embroider one and then two. And then I got hooked. And I think with embroidery, there's something so amazing about just taking the time to slowly hand stitch. So I think that's what kind of brought me into this. And I think like with everything and same with creativity, any kind of creativity is it's about practicing. So the more you do it, the more you're like, Ooh, what if instead of doing this, I do that instead. And it's kind of how you start to develop a body of work and uh, develop your technique further. Um, so that's, how it started and how it's been for the last couple of years. Recently, I've been doing um, more of machine embroidery, but also from a manual perspective of um, you move the hoop and you draw yourself. You just use a machine to do the actual stitching. Um, so yeah, that's kind of what I've been working on lately. And I keep just experimenting with other techniques of embroidery. And, but I, I keep doing photos because I still enjoy it. Mm -hmm. So once in a while, um, I like to print some photos of a trip that's special to me or of my family or something that's like close to my heart. And I intervene them with yarn. Um, but I'm definitely pushing my embroidery to other mediums as well. Oh, that's so, so cool. I. I'm obsessed with learning about this because it's just so cool to know there are so many creatives out there just all over the world doing such interesting different things that I never even thought about or like even considered was going to be like a, a thing to even create and I love having these moments to talk to creatives and talk to other artists and connect there it's really it's really cool to, to share these moments. it's it's I think it influences us a lot. Like, mm -hmm. if you uh, to be quite honest, when I was working here, I was like, "Ooh, I I love weaving. I'm obsessed with weaving," but I could not use that as a medium myself. I just would sit at the loom. I was learning the basics, but I just my creativity was not flowing there. Mm -hmm. And I met a lot of weavers, and for me, I was like, "Oh, that's kind of like a bummer that my creativity was not flowing with that." But then when I started to embroider. I started to use weaving patterns into my embroidery. So a lot of the patterns I use are very geometric because I only embroider on grids. So I use all this mathematical part of weaving and I bring it into embroidery, which you usually don't see that. So like if when people think of, because when I 
do the workshops, a lot of people ask me, like, how did you find your style and your voice? Because I think it's the hardest as a creative. Mm -hmm. But to be quite honest, it was just meeting other creatives and seeing other people's work. Because yes, the first time you learn, you learn the technique and the style from the person who's teaching you. Mm -hmm. And then the idea is by getting other creative inspiration you're like what if I take this technique with this and then get inspired by pa 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 and you start to like bring things together so mm -hmm. I think I'm very inspired by meeting artists from other mediums mm -hmm. um, more than just embroidery because when I see artists that do embroidery I'm like oh that's super cool but I can't do the same because they're already doing that yeah but when I take things from weaving or ceramics or whatever I'm like oh what if I bring that into embroidery and make embroidery more dimensional I think that's when things um, get more interesting for me um, and so that's why I agree with you meeting other creatives it's so powerful and I encourage everyone to do so to go see other people's work other mediums you never know what can inspire you from other parts to bring into a different medium and to your own voice kind of yeah for sure and this is kind of like what I'm doing with the design database you know like that's my goal my company to bring other creatives together to build these connections to get inspired to to have more creative flow because it's just incredible what happens when creatives come together and oh yes I'm yes I'm so and when excited. you collaborate, it's amazing. I think yeah. um, I've done a couple of embroideries that I've done in collaboration with other artists. Mm -hmm. So one, she's a watercolor artist and we mixed watercolor with embroidery. And it was oh so God. interesting because, yeah, and I usually work off of photography. So for me, working off a drawing from her and it was the background of the drawing was white paper, which for me, it's, it's nerve wracking to have such like white paper yeah and then I embroider that and once I embroider I send it back to her again um and then she put more a watercolor into it so it's so interesting to collaborate because it makes you get out of your comfort zone and experiment in a different way so I like for me I think it's an invitation for every creative to not see other creatives as competition mm -hmm. but rather as potential collaborators or yeah because the moment you join creatives it's just so much more powerful it's that so you magical just work on your own mm -hmm. it is yeah okay so speaking about connection I I always find it hard for me to have a partner on on a lot of things that I'm working on and I'm really curious to know what the experience is like to have a partner in your, in your business but also what made you want to have a partner yes um very interesting question actually <laughs> because I started solo at the beginning and I'm I'm a person who's always loved working in teams so mm. um I like I believe that when I work by myself there's a lot of I lack some distance I lack some not lack because that's not the right word it's not that I don't have that but when you have someone else with a different set of eyes, with a different perspective, mm -hmm. you get to see things from a different point of view that maybe on your own you would have never done. Mm -hmm. So for me, when I started this, my business on my own, um, first, entrepreneurship is very 
often very lonely. Amen. <laughs> so, yes. So I think, and today I'm completely thankful that I made the choice to bring someone in. And I'm thankful every day for my partner, Daniela. Um, that's, um, I hope she hears this. Uh, <laughs> because there is, there is, uh, it's very amazing to have someone who's in the, leaving the same difficult situations, which again, it doesn't have to be a partner. You can meet other entrepreneurs and get together, which is also what we discussed about potential, like getting together and discussing this difficult parts about entrepreneurship um over dinner or a drink or whatever because it is a tough journey and a very lonely one mm -hmm. um so for that i'm very thankful but it's also i met daniela but it's also tough to find the right partner Amen. and i think uh you, you need to be very it is it is like how i'm trying to think for me i think with dani i met her working and we worked together so well, we became friends mm -hmm. rather than the opposite. So we already knew we worked so well together mm -hmm. and we have very different set of skills. And I knew that if I wanted a partner, I wanted someone who would complement my skills rather than share too many of them. So Dani, for example, it's super strategic. She is, I have this and we're aligned in the bigger picture mindset, but I am like the designer who executes a lot of these strategies that she puts together so mm. she's a great strategist and i'm i'm good at designing and putting together um whatever that plan is but we both are aligned in a bigger picture mindset so i think when you but and when you're thinking about whether work solo or with someone i think it's it just has to be the right someone if it's something that you want to have another person and just think of you as a team of like what other skills you would like the other person to have that you don't have uh, that would bring value to your business and to yourself. Like I've learned so much from Danny um, that I, I'm being able to bring that into like my embroidery because I really, I really learn from how she sees things like her perspective and I even ask her for feedback all the time for things that are not our business because I do appreciate her opinion a lot. Mm -hmm. um, so yes, it's it's a tricky balance. It's like, oh my God, it's like a marriage. It's, it's having a business partner has a lot of good things, a lot of difficult things. But if you find someone that you have a good understanding and have very different, similar motivations. Mm -hmm. um, because I think that's other thing very important with Dani is that what drives us is very similar things. And I think that is something that could be a problem if you're not aligned with that. Uh, we both are Colombians living in the US and we both have our families, our parents in back home. So for us, flexibility is the biggest drive. For us being able to work from Colombia and have to go there for months if you need to or want to or be able to go a couple of times a year, I think that for us is the biggest reason why we're here. And the it's the drive that makes us push every single day because, I mean, and you, you know this, so many days that you want to just give up and do something else because it is very difficult. 
but for me i want this quality of life i want this freedom and this flexibility and this is why i wake up every day and i push every day so just make sure you have that <laughs> with whoever you work with that you're similar you see your drive is similar and your motivation that's amazing advice yeah i think with me personally with with the the design database i'm i'm doing it all on my own right now basically um because i didn't want to have a co-founder for many reasons because i knew why i was doing it and why i was building it and there wasn't many people around me that um understood my vision mm -hmm. so i didn't want to change it for someone else because i knew yeah. i knew why i would you know i knew my goals and, and what I was doing and why I was doing it. So for the podcast here, you know, I brought on my co-host who's not here today, but um, even that to me was a hard choice because I, I know personally that I have a problem with, um, I don't want to say control, but probably control. Cause I think mm -hmm. that I, I have a hard time with having our work split evenly because she has a different schedule than I do. And I have more time to do this and to do the editing and whatever. So I kind of always feel bad because I'm wondering if I'm doing too much and not having her do enough, or if she feels like I'm having things, you know, taken from her. So I have to always like ask her, Kia, are we, are we okay? So yeah, we're good. I'm like, okay, so is it a good balance? And to her, she's fine. Or from what I hear, she's fine. I hope she's fine. Kia, I love you. Um, <laughs> but it's always, I'm always it's like, a tricky paranoid. balance yeah because I'm like I don't want to like be hogging things but also like mm -hmm. I know that I have more time to do these things than she does so I don't want to overstep or be too controlling but I know that right. for her it's actually a better balance so it, it works right now I just always always have that, that like anxiety in my head yeah I think it's tricky if you ask me like I feel with Dani it's just like we see each other so much as a team in everything that it's kind of, and that's why I think it, it is like a marriage because Danny, for example, we've done very much 50-50. Some projects I work more and some she does more, but we don't even, we, when one has a bigger load, we try, the other one tries to see how it can, she can help to balance the load better. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, for example, lately Danny has been so overwhelmed because she does so many things. She's like a superwoman. She has a couple of jobs, businesses, and she's been very overwhelmed with a lot of work and I have not had the same situation. Mm -hmm. So I've taken over a bit more things and I'm trying to help her release her load so she's in a better place and in a happier place. So I think kind of like with parenting, you want parents to be 50-50, but sometimes one of the parents can take more of the work than the other. And it just ends up balancing it out over time. So for us, we don't think too much about that on a day-to-day. -day. Of course, if it's an overextended period of time and there's one of the two who has definitely a lot more work, you would have to revisit what that means. But at the same time, a partnership, it doesn't have to be 50-50. There's always, and if you can sit down and talk about it, you can define what those rules are. So I think it's, the biggest part for me about a partner is having a good communication that you could be like, Hey, I'm taking too much work. What can we do? How can we, or just be able to have a frank conversation? Because if you do, 
like with us right now, I'm like, Danny, I'll take a bigger load. Just hand it over. And if you have the communication, you can manage a lot of the in-betweens. So mm -hmm. I think it's having a very transparent communication with the person. You can manage to figure out how to get that balance. And to at the end of the day, you need a balance that makes more than being actually 50-50 because that's very hard to always happen. Mm -hmm. It's just about getting to a point that you're both comfortable and no one feels frustration or any kind because that would just build over time and probably Absolutely, not. yeah <laughs> so I think that's the hardest part about a partnership is just maybe it's not and again you're I don't think your vision you should sacrifice it like I do agree that for me we just share the same vision and if we ever bring someone else we're both on the same page of what the vision is of how we see our business and because that's your north so if you can't agree on your vision, that's very tough, but good that you are not sacrificing that vision. I adore you. You're just so amazing. Um, <laughs> okay. So I, I do also want to touch on, have you had any issues with clients as a creative that you've struggled with? Um, oh and my gosh. <laughs> I know oh my it's, gosh. It's, it's always, it's always fun for me to talk about to share that experience mm. to know about, about bad clients or things that have been annoyances or issues for you in the past or even now in the present um have you had any really bad ones that you want to share with us today oh yes I've had <laughs> as any creative uh struggles with clients I think I've grown a lot from them so if any of my clients are listening or ever listening <laughs> Uh, they just help me be better. Um, <laughs> I I think one of the things that have been very good about having a partner is I am cancer. I'm all hearts. I, which is part why I'm so passionate. Like my biz, my partner is a lot more. This is business, and I'm more passion. Um, so it's been good to me to have a partner who's like, cut that. This is business. Just do what the client needs and. Let's close a project, even if that means you're doing something you you don't agree or it's not what you would do. At the end of the day, the client chooses what the client wants and yep. is paying you for that. So I think I've learned to get to the middle. So I had a one client in particular, uh, one of the first ones, which was tricky because we were brand new as a business. So we were still trying to figure out how to work and and they what we we suggest was this strategy and the graphics and everything that visual comes as a response to that plan and they just kept changing us all the time and i started to lose my north and because i was just doing things because they wanted this or that but the foundation the strategic foundation was kind of not being able to be conveyed and at the end it was like very emotionally it was very tough but i realized that Yes, I'm here as a professional to give my inputs and what I would do and my recommendations. But at the end of the day, the client chooses. And that doesn't mean that you're, that's nothing bad for you as a creative. So mm -hmm. I've learned to let go and I've learned to compromise of like, of course, there's a point that I'm like, I'm not going to do that. Like if a client is like, I want you to replicate this. I'm like, I'm never going to do that. If you really right. like what that person does go, go to them, them. <laughs> yeah because I won't be able 
to imitate and I would never want to anyway. So mm-hmm. I think it's good to for you to determine what to know. And so that's one one of the clients. And then, then in an embroidery, I had a commission because I do a lot of commission embroideries and she's a creative herself. And so she started to make choices for me and I started to let her. And then I realized I was struggling to be able to creative with the piece because none of the choices were mine. Mm-hmm. So I had to get on a call with her and be like, look, I understand what you're looking for. I understand what you want. If you are looking in this direction, maybe I can recommend you another artist who's closer to that. Mm-hmm. Or if you want me and my creativity, let me work in where I feel comfortable. So I think it's it's a bit of that challenge of it's okay to have things that it's hard with a client and have to sacrifice some things and do what they want, but you need to determine what that limit is and how far you're willing to go. Because it's, it's, if as a creative, you go to a, p- a point that you're not comfortable, the result is never going to be as powerful because mm-hmm. you're working kind of with your, your hands tied. So it's very hard. So I think it's good to let go of certain parts of you until you feel it's not working for you and learning to say no to a project or a client is also okay it's also okay to know when it's not a good fit Mm -hmm. and be like hey this is not working I'm not like the result is not going to be powerful I'll happily recommend you other people that you might be able to work better with so I think it's a mix of both so that's been like my experiences like on the both sides of the business and on my embroidery of like struggles with clients. That's solid advice. And I think a really common issue we all kind of deal with in the creative industry. I've had many creatives tell me the same thing as I've gone through myself that the client is always right. And we have to, you know, do what they want even, but I do always advise that if things are not feeling right for you, then don't do it because that's important. Yeah. But Mm -hmm. it's always a struggle about how much we all want to push back and how much we can push back. And I think that's your advice was really helpful to, I think so many of us to just understanding our values and our work and having that protected, even though clients can be difficult to deal with, we have to, you know, stay strong and stay true to ourselves and you learn over time i think it's a matter of experience and years of work that you start to understand what those limits are it's not something it's different for everyone and it's a matter of time while and so you have to go through these difficult quote unquote clients or situations to get to a point of like hey this is not worth like you need that's the situations that teach you what those limits are so they're very constructive situations always so just try to get the best out of that and learn for yourself instead of beat your health your how do you say that your head over it <laughs> <Just saying. laughs> I try to say American sayings and sometimes they come off wrong and... <laughs> I'm also curious to know where do you envision your company your studio in the next year from now or even the next five years um so w- one of the things I've been like part of the evolution of, of Nudo, like the business, uh, was also like a bit of, I've been trying to get more synergies between my inner, my 
practice as a creative, like my embroidery with the workshops. So uh, this is why we're doing this inner creativity workshop because something that both my partner and I are very passionate is about its teaching. Mm -hmm. I've done my embroidery workshop only online and I'm dying to do it in person. And we really like working with people and, and doing workshops. So um, from a year, maybe five years from now, I would love to just do workshops, whether it's uh, about like creativity and how to use creativity in different parts of your life. Um, I also want to be able to bring other artists to teach other specific skills workshops. Um, and at the same time, I, I want to partner with companies for embroidery projects and <laughs> be able to, I mean, to bring this creativity into like partnerships and events with brands, because I don't see myself as an artist that just wants to be in galleries and, but I see myself as an artist who wants to be working actively with other people all the time. And I think part of this partnerships is that same as collaboration with other artists, it just keeps you like on your toes and it gives you new challenges as a creative. And like, I don't know if Adidas is listening, I would love to, <laughs> uh, like that kind of partnerships. Yeah. I would love uh, maybe in like five years from now of helping with decorating something in their stores or doing, doing activations. I'm going to do for the holidays an activation with a brand. Um, that I'm going to be in their stores doing embroider, embroidering, embroidering cards. And it's something that they put together as a brand and they looked for people like me who did embroidery and things like that is just being able to, it's different outlets to bring your work. So that's how I see myself, hopefully, I don't know, a year or two, three, um, I mean, it's good to dream and start projecting and yes. um, working towards that direction. So that's how I see both of that, just doing workshops all over the country. Mm -hmm. um, I love traveling. So it would be amazing if every time I traveled, I could do a workshop in different parts oh, of the world be amazing. Um, and just teach. I know, like I met this Italian. Um, she, I did a commission for her for a magazine, for a travel magazine in uh, Italy. And she wanted to have me there to teach a workshop. I was like, oh my God, yes, please. So I I just want I just want to bring my passion in embroidery and what I do to other people, other parts of the world and brands. Like just bring partnerships and I don't know, collaborate with other creatives and other brands and who know where that could lead you. I'm excited for you. I and the reason why I asked this question is because we have talked about doing our own collaboration, hopefully in the near future, where we can um, do our first event together, hopefully next year in 2023. Yes. <laughs> and yes, I think, in person events, please. Yes. yes, because I want to do events for the design database very soon. I had a plan to do it in probably like two years, but doing it next year, or I'm sure this episode is probably going to air actually next year. So doing it this year, I should say, in 2023 okay. would be so incredible. And to have it done with you would just be so incredible because we have great energy together. We have great synergy is the word, synergy yeah. together. And to have you leading workshops, obviously it would just be incredible for everyone 
there even if it's only you know like five guests or five whatever it would just be a great experience and I would be delighted to be a part of that so it would just I'm just excited yeah me too and I think it's also something I've learned and it's something I've learned from starting a business is you don't have to wait to have everything perfect to go for it yeah so what that means is like you don't have if the database is still some things in the work let's start making a community out of it and mm -hmm. start building other things around a brand because like uh, and you see this a lot with startups uh founders get so focused on the product just the product the product and then there's so much you can start building while the product is perfect and part of it to get to a perfect place is just start messing with it and fixing it and getting feedback and so Yes, of course, if we get an event that we can get 20 people, that's like gold. But if we get four, it's still a great start. And we're going to enjoy it as much as if it's a 20 people event. So yeah. I think it's also just not trying to have everything perfect. And because, of course, we see in social media that everyone's like killing it, right? Behind everything has yeah. this amazing business. But you don't know how they got there. Mm -hmm. You probably, they probably started like, my friend was saying, she's an entrepreneur, like I started recording my lives and no one saw it for months or a podcast and you just do it. And eventually it, it will get there. You just need to start messing with it and start. And it's also part of like what I teach people about creativity and embroidery. It's the only way to start getting creative is just start messing with it, right? Just start doing things. And the more you do things, the better they get yeah so so we're excited about our future events i love that i'm also excited because um yeah. even as as you were just talking about that i was thinking that even right now when i'm doing the show alone because key is not here this is his my first time doing it and it's it actually wasn't as bad as i thought it was gonna be. i thought i was gonna be a lot more nervous but you are a great guest to have this experience with and i know that but doing the podcast and doing my company and just building all these new things that I'm doing, it's going to be so start, but at least I did it, you know, I'm doing it. And so like, that's really yes. cool. To just be like, I started it and I, I did something and I, I, I gone for it. So. And you never know where things are going to lead you. Right. Honestly. Like I, I think uh, maybe it's one lucky listener that has an idea and reaches out. Like, I think it's all about getting out there, getting mm -hmm. yourself out there. And I think, with life when you're dating when you're going to a new moving to a new city when you're starting a new business you just have to like be ballsy and just go and be yourself and just get it in front of as many people as you can because you never know when who of those people is going to open you another door so I'm glad you're doing this podcast <laughs> on your own and um, I think we all need challenges this is Crystal got me in my first podcast and it's so nice to be able to have these conversations and just, you can see it from another perspective. It's just, a, it starts with a conversation. So podcasts are a great start for that. Yeah. And I think that's an awesome way to end the show, but I do want to ask, um, where can our audience yeah. find you? So I am very, well, I'm active in Instagram. <laughs> I just took a, a small pause because it's changed a lot. So it's a bit overwhelming, but mm -hmm. I am pretty active on Instagram. Uh, my handle is Catalina Escajon, like my name, but I'm going to 
spell it out because um, I know when I pronounce my my name, my accent gets a lot thicker. <laughs> uh, so it's my name, Katalina, with a C, D A T A L I N A, and my last name it's Escalon, E S C A L L O N. So that's my full name, and there I share tons of my embroidery, my process. Just me, honestly, as a person, as a creative. And then uh, my company, our company, uh, Instagram is at nudostudio.com. Oh, sorry, .com. At nudostudio. And our website is nudostudio.com. So uh, if you guys ever want to, like, just have a conversation about creativity or whatever, just message me. I think you never know. Like I'm saying, what connection you might have a good connection with. And it's always nice to meet fellow entrepreneurs, fellow creatives. So always open to chatting. And we will hopefully be doing our first event in 2023 together. And we can have our audience here join us for this event if they're all in New York City, which would be ideal. <laughs> of and course, of course. And um, thank you for having me. It was a lot of fun. Thank you. All right. Bye, everybody. <laughs> and that is a wrap. Fearless Narratives airs every Wednesday on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Be sure to follow us on Instagram and we will see you next week.